Hi, I'm Jessie Servio-Ortiz, the Managing Director of the Wisconsin Sustainable Business Council and your host for the Sustainability Strategy Summit. This series is really meant to help you see what's going on across Wisconsin and to help you be a better influencer for sustainable change. We want you to break through your barriers and help improve your impact. We want to invite you to join our community as a member and be a part of the movement that's driving sustainable change across Wisconsin. You can find more information at wisconsinsustainability.com. Enjoy the interview. Welcome to the Sustainability Strategy Summit. Today's interview is with AJ Gordon, CEO of Gordon Aluminum. Welcome, AJ, and thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All right, let's dive in. So as a CEO, there are a lot of competing priorities for your attention. Why does Gordon Aluminum feel it's important to pay attention to sustainability? And what are your key drivers? You know, we've, we've talked about this in the past, but um, mm-hmm. our key drivers are, are really more based around the, the, the business case for it, right? Um, when we look at the health of the organization, we have to look at not just you know, what we do on a daily basis to produce our product for our customer and meet those customer demands, but also what are the things that um, we can do long-term to make sure that, you know, we, we've been around for 63 years um, and I'd like to be here for another 63. Um, and so what are the things that are going to um, keep us um, relevant going into the future? Um, and one of those things is, you know, uh, from a very practical sense, looking at the efficiency with which we create our product, it, it affects not only um, our, our pricing and our, our competitiveness, but it also affects um, the resources that we use. And as those resources either become scarce or um, we see that those resources are having a, a negative effect on, on the rest of our environment, um, we want to make sure that Again, we're, we're being prudent with the use of those resources. Um, and so that's really the biggest, the biggest driver. Um, and you know, as far as competing for attention, it, it doesn't compete as much as it stands alongside, right? I mean, many of the decisions we make, yes, a lot of things have to do with specific customer requests or, or specific things that we need to do. Um, but in a, in a larger sense, everything we do should be focused on being efficient, on being um, good stewards of, of, of all of those things that, that affect not only um, our company, but our, our employees, our customers. Um, and we, we live in the Northwoods and we, we like nature up here. <laughs> we're, we're avid users of it. Um, and so we want to protect that as well. Uh, so again, I don't, I don't think it really competes for those that attention I think it really lives alongside most of the things that we do on a daily basis and it's just something that kind of goes along with it yeah that's great I I hear that a lot from leaders and organizations that sustainability might be something extra that they have to do and I like how you're pointing out well it, it really helps us look at all the things that we're doing in an efficient way right and I think that's I think that's where a lot of people shy away is that they think it's this onerous task of of adding an environmental aspect to what you're doing, when in reality, the environmental aspect exists there, whether whether you wanna pay attention to it or not, it exists there. So um, looking at it in conjunction with the other things you're doing and um, as, as part of your overall strategy, 
I don't think really adds anything extra. It's just another thought that you have to have in your mind while you're making those decisions. Yeah. That's great. So while we're on the topic of sort of resource efficiency, I know that you have, you know, spent some extensive time really looking at your resource use in your operations. So I'm curious, where have you found the biggest ROI or the biggest value for Gordon Aluminum and any projects that have came out of that as a result? Yeah, we, um, you know, our, our, our product requires a lot of energy. There's, there's just no way around it. We have to take, you know, billets of aluminum from air temperature, room temperature up to 850 degrees plus. And then we have to use a lot of hydraulic pressure to, to press that aluminum through the die and, and make the shapes that we make. Um, so there's, there's no way around using a significant amount of energy, but what it doesn't require is it doesn't require us to run more than we need to. It doesn't, you know, overproduction. It doesn't require us to create scrap and you know, put product through the process unnecessarily that you're just going to, again, have to recycle. Um, and a lot of our efforts in sustainability have been toward looking at how do we reduce those scrap rates? How do we improve production rates? Because if, if I'm running my extrusion press at a certain rate, the marginal amount of energy that it takes to produce at that rate, say X plus 20% is not 20% more. Um, it's maybe 5% more. Uh, and, and in that you're reducing the amount of time it takes to produce the same amount of product. So we had to kind of change our thought process and not look at what's the energy consumption of our machinery. Um, that was a bad way of looking at it. And that, frankly, was how we looked at it in the beginning. When we first went, started on this process, it was about, well, how do we make our ovens more efficient? How do we make our presses more efficient? Um, and a lot of those answers um, were, one, extremely expensive, and two, very, very difficult to implement in a plant that already has all the equipment it needs to produce its product. Um, so we really had to change our focus not to what's our energy consumption overall, but what's our energy consumption per unit of product produced? And that really is the better measurement. Um, so if we can use the same amount of energy and produce 20% more, 30% more product, um, our energy consumption per unit drops fairly dramatically. Um, and that really at the end of the day is, is what we're going for. Um, and so we focus more on um, extrusion die design, making the dies run easier, run faster, um, less surface quality issues. That has the side effect of also, in many cases, making less scrap. Um, so we have to produce less to get the same amount of final product. Um, and those, those were the ones that we really looked at and said, okay, this just, this just makes sense. I mean, it would take the environmental aspect out of it. This just makes sense. Um, but it is also a good way to measure your input per, per product produced, I guess. Um, alongside of that, we also, you know, we wanted to look at some of the low hanging fruit as well, right? I mean, it, it's, it's not rocket science to figure out that an LED light fixture burns less than the, you know, uh, metal halide fixtures or even the high bay fluorescence. Um, and so as we have had replacements, um, we, we replaced
replaced with the newer technology, replaced with more efficient technology. It has the side benefit of also being longer lasting and all of those wonderful things. Um, but so, I mean, there are some things that you just, uh, that are outside of the manufacturing process that just makes sense. Um, so, but, but as far as the highest ROI, clearly it's been um, going after those efficiency aspects of machine utilization. How, you know, what is our energy input per, for us per pound or, or per unit? Um, and we've seen some significant improvement from that. Um, I think the original PSI product or project, we had uh, one particular extrusion that we were running, I think probably 20 to 30,000 pounds a week of this extrusion. We were able to, um, through the process, um, we were able to improve our production rate on that by about 50%. I mean, it was a huge wow. number. Mm -hmm. um, and it was something that, again, you kind of face palm moment, like, why didn't we do this before? Um, but sometimes it takes the impetus and the, the, I guess, looking at it from a different angle to push you in the right direction. Yeah. But, I really love how you're saying it's almost like a hidden benefit to sustainability. That's not right. obvious in the forefront, right? Like you think, you know, you were coming at it wrong from the beginning. You can't necessarily make your machines work more efficient, but if you change the way you're thinking about it, you're actually right. Right. producing a lot more you know, with the same or less. Uh, and so, you know, to me, that's sort of the beauty of what sustainability can offer if you're really looking at it across your business is all of these potential new opportunities that you might not have seen prior. Right. So let's talk about sort of the customer side of the equation now. You know, we're sort of seeing um, this increase in the conversation around ESG, um, environmental social governance, and that's sort of starting to trickle down the supply chain. Are you being asked by any customers about sustainability? And if you are, what, what are they asking? Uh, if you had asked me three months ago, I would have told you I haven't heard boo. I mean, we have never been asked that um, very, very recently, we have seen that a couple of our customers have um, forwarded us their uh, sustainability policies. And, and um, it's been more of a, well, this is what we're doing. We hope you agree, or we, we, we hope you can be part of that. Okay. Uh, there hasn't been any demands yet, mm -hmm. uh, but it certainly feels like that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, customers don't put that type of information out now without probably asking for some commitment on it later. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that's kind of a, I think that's kind of a soft ask, right? Um, so we're starting to, to hear about it. Um, for the most part, our customers are concerned with the economics of things, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, they need the part they want, made the way they want it, when they want it, at a price that fits their budget for whatever they're making. Um, and that tends to be the highest priority. Mm -hmm. uh, what we have used more recently in marketing, um, and not just marketing, but just in our conversations with customers, has um, been that, look, we, we do these things um, as a differentiator, not, not as a sales tool, right? Not, not to say that, hey, look at us, we're green, uh, buy from us. Um, Though, hey, if you want to, <laughs> <Why not? laughs> we're not going to stop you. Um, but on the other hand, it, it's really more about 
um, showing a commitment to continuous improvement, not just in the very traditional sense of 5S or lean or um, things like that, but on a broader rate that look, we, we're not just looking at this one aspect of it. We're, we're looking at the, the full picture to try to provide a product to you, A, that is what you need, when you need it um, and such, but also that comes from a company that's not gonna go away in the near future because we have um, poor policies related to other things that are becoming more important to the general public um, and to their customers, frankly. Um, mm -hmm. So um, you know, if you look at it, I guess in reverse, we're trying to drive it up the supply chain, um, even though we're not really being asked a whole lot about it um, from above us in the supply chain. So um, we see it uh, and I, I think, um, I don't think there's any doubt that we will see it more. Um, mm -hmm. I would, <laughs> it's kind of one of those things with, you know, you, you never want, you never want the question to be asked that you don't know the answer to. Um, and if you know you're gonna be asked the question, you best have an answer. Um, and this is part of our way of having that answer. Um, and again, it, you know, from our perspective, it's, it's very pragmatic. It, we look at it and we say, well, we should be doing these things anyway. So why wouldn't we then take those things, quantify them and show them as a benefit to our customers? Um, so we haven't seen a ton of it, but I, I, there's no doubt in my mind we will see more. And, it, and, yeah. and again, that it, that it will no longer be a soft ask. It will mm -hmm. be a Hey, what are what are your sustainability efforts and how do they fit into our mold? Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know when people start making purchasing decisions based on that. Um, but again, if you're asking the question, it has to have some effect. And you know, as you said, with corporate governance and and I guess a, a larger push on that end, I think those are going to become requirements. Maybe not tomorrow. Um, but in the next several years, I think if you don't have a sustainability program, you're not going to be in front of, especially the uh, larger publicly traded companies that um, might have a little bit more um, public pressure to, mm -hmm. to commit to actions like that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So what would you say to, you know, the CEO that hasn't got a request yet or just got their first request you know, um, you've, you've already stated some great benefits that you've seen at Gordon Aluminum. You know, any advice you would give a, yeah, a, a mean, fellow it's, leader? This to me is, is, is just, you know, if, if you do your, you know, your SWOT analysis and you're looking at threats, right? Um, I think a big threat out there, you know, threat being defined as something external that you don't control internally. A big threat out there is that the processes that you use to create your product fall out of favor. And if you don't have an answer for that, or if you haven't been working to bring those processes into um, some type of, I guess, compliance, um, I think it, you could get swatted pretty hard. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it could be, it could do some damage. Um, you know, for, we're, we're very diversified. We have um, a lot of different customers and a lot of different uh, man, manufacturing areas. Um, for some companies, it's not that it's, it's not that diverse. And one large customer 
with that request, if you don't have something in the pipeline or something to put in front of them, that could put you in a very negative position. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and on the other side of it, you know, talking to other business leaders, it's, it's a matter of breaking the mindset of like, if we want to be, if we want to be green, we have to put solar panels on the roof. We have to put rainwater collection. We have to do all of these things. Um, and, and those are great. And if they work for your business, by all means, pursue them. Um, but that's, that's not where you start. Um, where you start is just looking at your operation and saying, Hey, how can, how can we be more efficient or better users of the resources that we bring in? Um, and that goes from, you know, everything in your organization from packing material all the way through the big users of, you know, electricity and gas. Um, so I don't know. I, I think my advice to, to other CEOs is just one, accept the fact that this is going to happen. So even if you kind of have that mindset that this is all ridiculousness and it's going to go away, it'll blow over. It's not. Um, and even if it does, um, it's, it's not, uh, it doesn't hurt me. Right. Um, it's, I don't know if you're familiar with Pascal's wager. Uh, Pascal's wager is a philosophical concept of, and it, it's based on the belief in God or not. And so it's a, it's a four square matrix. And if you believe in God and there is no God, you haven't lost anything, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't, and there is, it's eternal damnation, <laughs> right? And, and that's in, in this sense, if, if you don't, if you believe you should do something, and that necessity for it never comes up, you've still improved your company. You've still improved your process. Mm -hmm. So there's no downside to it. Um, so you have to kind of take the political aspect out of it, regardless of where you live in that regard, mm -hmm. and just say, hey, does this make sense? If we're betting on this matrix, what square should we be in? Um, and I think, well, just obviously we've made that decision. Um, but if you really look at it from that standpoint, and again, the, the pragmatic standpoint, there's no reason not to have that answer. There's no reason not to be able to show um, your customers or for that matter, you know, other stakeholders, banks, um, shareholders, whoever, um, that you are thinking about this. I really like how you said earlier too, it's like, it's the new wave of continuous improvement, right? It, it's just uh, um, today's way of looking at how can you do what you're doing in your business better? <laughs> and as a result, right. you know, maybe reduce your impact on the environment and right. or... It changes that definition of better a little bit, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. better in some senses just means, are we more profitable? Mm -hmm. um, and too many times, especially in um, public companies or companies that are gearing themselves up to be sold for private private equity held companies sometimes they're looking so much at that short-term gain that they don't necessarily understand that you know in that might be great for the next five years but it won't keep you alive for the next 15 um and you know it it really is just adding a long-term component to your strategy um, as opposed to uh, no, no different than, than 
you know, the maintenance of capital goods, right? If you've got a really big machine that you need to run for a long time, yeah, you can probably save some money right now by ignoring certain issues on it. But if you don't maintain that machine, you're not going to be around in 15 years when those things start to break. Um, and I don't think our environment is much different, right? I mean, you can, you can look at it now and say, yeah, but it's not, it's not that big a deal right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but cumulatively over a period of time, it might be, mm -hmm. in which case, now you've got a much bigger problem that you can no longer solve because you ignored these things on the front end. You ignored the maintenance piece of it. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. Long-term thinking, that's uh, such a great ad and a way to think about sustainability strategy. I mean, I'm chuckling to myself a little internally because I literally just had this conversation with my dad who was joking about, you know, buying a property in the coast of Florida. And I was like, hmm, dad, you know, <laughs> I'm not so sure that's a, a good investment idea for the long term. And, you know, his perspective was, well, I'm 80, right? Like I ain't going to be <laughs> yeah, wrong for the long term. Long term, long -term is different than your long term. <laughs> but I am and your grandkids are. <laughs> so yeah, long-term thinking is definitely um, a, a priority in what, the way that we think about sustainability and strategy. I, I love that you wove that in. So I'm gonna to turn to talk a little bit about workforce issues, right? Uh, we hear so much about workforce challenges today and it's particularly challenging for manufacturers. In your opinion, can sustainability help in any way or give you a competitive advantage? What are your thoughts there? I think that it, it somewhat depends on your market, where you're drawing from, um, what, who are the types of employers you're looking for? Um, because in many cases in manufacturing, I think you know, there is a thought process that what we're doing on the floor has nothing to do with sustainability efforts and I don't need to know that to do my job. Um, on the other hand, I think that um, when, when employees are looking at places they want to work for, if they view it as a long-term engagement, if they look at it as a career, they want to be with companies who are gonna be there. They wanna work for companies who are doing the right things. I think there's also a generational difference um, and you know, the, the, the folks in our facility that are retiring after 25 years, 40 years for that matter, um, sustainability, they don't really, that was never part of their equation in working for a company. Um, but as I just said, they're retiring <laughs> and, and we're replacing them with a newer generation of employees um, that I think, I don't think there's any mystery about the, um, you know, the millennial generation and Gen Z um, with regard to their priorities, they aren't the same as, as the boomer priorities or even Gen Xers. Um, and that sense of working for someone who is not only, um, not only successful, but good, um, they want that perception of working for someplace that is good. Um, and that doesn't mean just okay, we, we pay you well and you get vacation, means they don't wanna be contributing to something that might be detrimental to what they, um, what they feel is important. Mm -hmm. um, so I think much like the customer side of it, I think 
the employee side of it is evolving. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been asked any sustainability questions by any prospective employees, but I know we've had a fair bit of engagement from current employees when we bring these things up. Mm-hmm. So we do see, and it's pockets, right? It's not everybody. It's not, not everybody in the facility. There are many people here who just, they want to come in, they want to get the paycheck so they can go home and, you know, be with their families, go fishing. And, you know, the last thing on their mind is, is Gordon Aluminum Sustainability Programs. Um, but there are a fair number, and I think we will see more, um, that do think that that's important. Is it going to be the differentiating factor? I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, but again, I think in, in the toolbox, just like it is with the customers in the toolbox, I think that's an important tool to have there to say, Hey, by the way, if you're interested in sustainability efforts, we have these things going on and we'd love you to participate. Um, when you come on board, um, people are looking for purpose. And if that, if, if they feel that they can do a job, start a career, um, get paid well, get, you know, good benefits and also get to work on something that, you know, is a, is a environmentally positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that is, maybe that is the tipping point. So, um, as far as the labor market is concerned, I think right now it's just crazy. Right. I mean, that, but it, it will not be that way forever. Um, and we will get back to a point where there is, I guess, a balance between what employers are looking for and what employees are looking for. Um, and this is part of that balance. Mm-hmm. So um, again, I, 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 right now, I, I don't think if I put that up on our employment page, it's gonna drive hundreds of workers to apply. Um, but I think if it's not there in the future, you may miss applicants that would otherwise apply. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, differentiating factor. Um, and I'd rather, again, rather have that in the toolbox than not. Um, yeah. And also because again, it's just, it has the added benefit of being the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Exactly. So well, and I, I like how you wove in purpose a little bit, right? So it's like those in that you sort of differentiated it from those who want to earn a paycheck and those who want a career, right? And those that want a career are more likely those to potentially engage in the conversation on work time and potentially out of work, right? And so having that opportunity for right. them there could mean a difference, maybe and now, frankly, maybe in the future. <laughs> and, well, and, and frankly, um, those are the people you're looking for. The people that want to be someplace, that those are the ones we want. We want people mm-hmm. who are looking for an opportunity, not just to come in and do a job, but mm-hmm. to do that job and improve, and then maybe you know, move up to a different job and spend a career of you know, continuous advancement and being part of something bigger than just a job. Mm-hmm. Those are the people you want because they're the ones that are gonna be the most committed to your product, your process, and, and, and frankly, your success. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's important. And if that's one of the things that drives them toward that mindset, um, then great. Mm-hmm. I'm in. So uh, on the same topic, I'm curious from your perspective as a CEO, you know, if you have an employee that wants to make a difference in your organization, you know, say sustainability, 
what are you looking for from them, right? So we have a lot of sustainability practitioners that are looking to influence change in their organizations and maybe don't always have the language of the C-suite or the top or access, you know, but so, so what do you, what do you want to hear from them when they come to you? Solve a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me, bring me something that, first of all, speak up, mm -hmm. say something, right? Because there's, there's nothing I've had this conversation sometimes in more terse language than others with people um, that is, look, you are never, ever, ever going to be in trouble in my organization for bringing up a problem. Mm -hmm. You're going to be in trouble if you knew about it and you didn't bring it up. Mm -hmm. So please speak up, say, say what you think. And a lot of times we, you know, we encourage that. And sometimes people come to us with things and we have to explain that. Yeah, I get why you see it that way. And from your perspective, mm -hmm. I understand why it's problematic, but here's why we do that. Mm -hmm. um, and there might be something that's happening further down the manufacturing chain or a specific request of the customer or whatever it is that explains that to them and makes them say, oh, I get it now. Okay, we can't do that because if we do that, then we can't do this, whatever the case may be. Um, and then the light bulb turns on and they say, thank you for letting me know. And that has the side benefit of them not being frustrated in their job, looking at something every day, thinking this is so dumb. Why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. uh, so to that extent, we, we want people to speak up. If you see that there's an opportunity for improvement, raise your hand, say something to your supervisors, walk into my office. You know, we don't have a, we have a very open door policy. If you, if you have things that you see that could be improved, I am all ears. Um, and that goes for anything on the sustainability side as well. Mm -hmm. um, but to get a little deeper, right, if you're really looking at um, someone who's coming that, that really has something they want to get done, um, show me how it solves a problem. Show me how it makes us better at what we do. Um, because bringing me something, and this is, goes back to the earlier conversation, don't bring me solar panels and rain collection. Mm -hmm. Not, that's, that's not improving what we do, mm -hmm. unless you can show me that it does. Mm -hmm. And I'm all ears again, but, mm -hmm. but bring me things that are, are, are A, useful and B, practical, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so, or I don't want to say useful. Um, I guess, I mean, things that are, are impactful, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, there are a lot of things that we do on a daily basis that, that we could do better. Um, and for everything from, you know, if it's, hey, you know what, we need more cardboard recycling bins around the plant because people don't want to walk that far and they end up just throwing it in the trash. Hey, you know what, simple solution. Great. We'll, we'll get on that because that is a low cost, low to no cost solution for a problem that, hey, I don't want people having to walk too far to mm -hmm. put the cardboard in a bin. Right. It's logical <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. It's just, that's inefficient. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so those, those are things that have practical applications. So bring, bring me the practical applications mm -hmm. and um, I would be happy to listen. Um, but again, I think too many times Practitioners in that regard are probably more aggressive than what the C-suite is looking for, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
well, let's eat this elephant one bite at a time. And let's, let's do what we can that's practical. Let's do what we can that is cost efficient. Um, and then let's focus on the, the, the big nuts, the, the, the manufacturing improvements that we talked about earlier. And quite frankly, I expect, especially people that are, you know, not just floor level, but supervisory and above, um, I expect them to be looking for ways to make things more efficient. That's part of the job description. We're always supposed to be looking at that. Um, and explaining to them, and, and maybe part of it is education on our part, and we could do better at that, but, um, but to educate them as to, look, making these changes isn't just about, you know, getting out three pieces more per hour. It's about utilizing that machine more effectively. It's about utilizing our resources more effectively. So those, those things aren't just about, you know, cracking the whip, so to speak, and making people work harder. It's, it's about improving our process and, and in that process, making our environmental impact smaller. Um, and so maybe it's, a, you know, there might be some education we could do on that side just to give people a little bit better perspective of what sustainability really means. Mm -hmm. um, because again, I think I keep using it and I don't, I don't mean to bag on solar panels, and <laughs> but it's, it's just a simple example for me that, you know, we covered our, if we covered our entire roof and solar panels, it wouldn't power the press for 10 minutes. I mean, it's, we, unfortunately, that's just part of our process. Mm -hmm. So um, in our world, that's one of those examples of, yes, I understand how they work and I understand the sustainability aspect of renewable energy. However, focusing our resources in a different direction can have a much, much bigger benefit much, much sooner um, and then once we have all that, and then, then let's look at, okay, how do we take the next step? Um, but you have to hit the big things first. And so when, when you look at how an employee can bring those up, I think one, you know, I would go back to the, the CEO question, right? Mm -hmm. One is how do we educate our, our people on what improvement means? Mm -hmm. uh, and how do we fold that into the things we expect them to be looking for on a daily basis? Yeah. Um, because if we do that, hey, the people that are in contact with the product, most of the time have a better idea of how to improve the process than somebody's looking at it from a detached perspective mm -hmm. because they're dealing with it every day. And simple things not only make their jobs better, give them greater job satisfaction. Now we talk about the labor market and not just finding employees, but keeping employees. Um, but they also have the added benefit of, of being more efficient and therefore being part of the sustainability effort. So I think it's, I don't think you can separate these. You know, we, we, we talked about these in different categories. Mm -hmm. we talked, you know, how do you, how do you, what advice do you give to CEOs? How, I mean, why do you look at the labor side of it? What about customers? They're all one um, because your employees are, are, are the key to driving, you know, customer satisfaction. Um, and your process has to be right because all the employee effort in the world doesn't correct for a bad process. Um, so all of those things work together to, to create the product and, and, you know, to provide the level of service to your customer. And if you pull one of them out, it doesn't work. Um, so I think when you look at, at sustainability from a broader perspective, um, it really is more just about 
look, everybody's got to be pulling the same direction. Your process has to be continually improved to, to allow employees to be more effective. I mean, one of the things I've said many times in the process or in the, the last several months where the labor shortage has been the most extreme we've ever seen it, um, is that, look, if you can't find more people, you have to make your people more effective. So how do you do that? Well, you get, you get more units per hour and you get you know, you, the same things that are driving the sustainability effort that we talked about earlier. I mean, all those things are part and parcel of the same thing. So hard to separate them, right? Um, but I think back to the employee piece of it, speak up, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to bring things up because most people, at least some people I know that, that are in the C-suite, they want to hear good ideas. Um, and even if they don't think it's a good idea, uh, just personal history, I spent the first, I don't know, five years of my life at Gordon Aluminum uh, being told no every time I, every time I tried to push an improvement, largely because my dad thought I was just young and dumb. Um, <laughs> and, but if you say it enough times, even if you get denied, it starts planting those seeds. And I knew that eventually those seeds would grow and you might see the light, right? You mm -hmm. might see other problems that this would have addressed or, mm -hmm. um, and so keep bringing it up. It's not, you don't, I don't want somebody standing out my door, outside my door beating the drum on a daily basis, right? But don't be afraid to bring it up. And even if, you, even if you're told, hey, you know what? I don't think that's the right thing to do right now. All right, well, when should we talk about it again? Um, and, and what other ideas could I, you know, how else could I make this more attractive um, to the company? And a lot of times it's just the justification. What are the, what are the factors you're using to justify it? Uh, so, I don't know. So persistence pays off. That's <laughs> I think so. I mean, it's been my experience. Uh, yeah. And I know that we, I've, on the other side of it, I've had people here that have said, you know, we really got to do this. Yeah, I know we really got to do it, but you got some other things going on and I don't know if that's going to fit. Yeah, we really got to do this. And, you know, you have that conversation time and time again, and then something happens. Typically there's some, there's some catalyst that says, oh, shoot, you know what? You're right. We really do have to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and thank God for those people, because otherwise you get so tracked on other things that you start to lose the periphery and not see where you could get benefit um, outside of just this single track. So um, broadening the broadening the, the, the spectrum, sometimes you got to pull a little bit on either side just to open up the, the view. Yeah, uh, that's great. And the other thing in there I think was really great um, for practitioners to keep in mind is the, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? Because the long-term project might be their vision and it might be too big of a project right now. So how can you phase that out so that it right. makes sense to actually accomplish right. and budget for, um, and, and, and gain momentum along the way. Right? right. And then to your point, then it's like, all of a sudden it's time and the big project is either you're ready or it's, com it's complete. <laughs> So, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's I, that's a very good way to look at it because it's <laughs> I have a I have a good friend who's a, in the banking industry, and you know when you when you look at financing equipment or financing machinery, it, it's sometimes it's about purely the numbers. Like this is the ROI. It's eighteen you know eighteen months. Blah 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 blah. 
um, sometimes it's about, it does this, this, and this for the organization and, and it allows us to expand into these areas of sales, which are, are helping with our, you know, diversify the, the portfolio of the company and, and things like that. Sometimes it's about, um, hey, this is a new process. We see an opportunity to market that we just haven't been in before, but we can, we can really make an impact here. At the end of the day, it's really about how you package the bacon, right? You, you package it with the most meat showing. <laughs> and, and it, you know, you, you got to package the bacon the right way for the, for the consumer. And if that consumer is a CEO or a CFO or um, a COO, whatever it is, um, you got to package bacon the right way. And sometimes not only do you have to, um, not only do you have to show them a benefit, but you have to show them a benefit in a way that speaks to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not easy to do. I'm not, I'm not trying to make that sound so simple, but um, really knowing your audience and what portions of that are the most important to them, you know, uh, that's going to be important in how you present it. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, great point. I, I often tell sustainability practitioners to think of themselves as influencers, whether they think that's who they are or not, because, you know, we're constantly trying to drive and to push things that, you know, we hear a lot of no's a lot, and that can be disheartening. And, and your advice is, is spot on for, <laughs> for those. And, knowing your audience and being able to speak their language, right? So sustainability practitioners learning how to speak finance, learning how to speak, right. you know, what are your priorities? What are the things that you care about and how can, to your point, how can you package it in a way that um, makes your ears perk up and want to hear more, right? Right. Yeah. Well, AJ, thank you so much. This has been so insightful. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. But my pleasure anytime. Thank you so much for being here. I want to remind you that you are powerful and you have the ability to make the change that you want to see in the world. Trust in yourself, believe in yourself, find a great mentor, whatever you need to be the change agent you are meant to be. I also want to invite you to be a member of our community. If you are not already a Wisconsin Sustainable Business Council member, I invite you to join our community to learn, to measure and improve, and to connect with your community with the other changemakers across Wisconsin pioneering change. You can find us at wisconsinsustainability.com. Thanks again for listening. If there's anything we can support you with, please reach out.